Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, everyone. Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll leave, I leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas. And I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to St. Patrick's Day episode. And I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yep. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead. How you doing? It is the Luke and Pete show. It is a Monday pinch punch. First of the first of the month. It is the first of June. I'm the Pete's uh, part of the equation. Uh, the um, uh, fraction that is the Luke is going to say hello now. And it is an equation, a very simple one, but an equation nonetheless. It is. It is. How you doing, Luke? All right. Pretty good. Yeah, not too bad. Summer's now officially here, really, in my mind. I know summer. I think officially starts. At the summer solstice, does it? Which is around the kind of middle, mm. mid to end of June. But for me, you, you're looking at someone, you're talking to someone who's very, very careful out in the sun. So my big... Very pagan. Yeah, my big power <laughs> months for the summer, mm. June, July, August. So we're in, we're now in the thick of it, in my opinion. Right, okay. Are you uh, wearing your factor 75? What's, high, what's the highest um, factor you can go up to? I mean, I, I don't go... Yeah, I mean, I think the highest you can go is factor fifty. I think there's been there's been um, studies done that said that after kind of factor thirty, it's a bit bit much of a muchness anyway. But um, right. key thing is to get your UVA and your UVB screening on the bottle. It makes it needs to have both of those, um, otherwise you're still going to get some damage from the sun. But I mean, mm. I'm not wearing any at the moment, Pete. Cause I'm sat in my house, and I'm not even I have to uh, wear sun cream in the house. But I do use a factor fifty as part of my face mo- facial moisturizer, Pete. If you'd like to know. Mm. 
Well, we did, we, we did start just before we, we came on. Probably something we probably should have wasted at least five minutes on on the Luton Beach show was uh, <laughs> why the Japanese have paper walls. And uh, you said that it was due to the, the, the lack of glass. And, and I sort of said, I don't know. <laughs> and we've come to some sort of agreement where we sort of go, it's probably something to do with light because it kind of lets a lovely diffused light into the house at a time where you don't really have windows. So I think I think you're probably right on that one. Look, I've come right round to it. I, I I read something ages ago that said that like the 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 order in which certain materials in kind of pre-modern societies in Europe in the Far East, the order in which certain materials were discovered and developed was different in the Far East than it was in Europe, which then meant certain things. Like I think the for example the the study glass was used widely in pre-modern Europe, I believe. Because of the worshipping of, of, and because of the Christian faith, and because of the, pro- the prevalence of like stained glass and all that kind of stuff, that's what it was used for. Yeah. It took off in a big way because people were using it a lot in in religious buildings. That wasn't the case in the Far East. I'm pretty sure they were using wooden things, like wooden sculptures and stuff, to, to worship their relevant their relative deities. So there's definitely something to do with the the, the propensity for in Europe to have a lot more glass than the Far East. I'd love someone to tell me because as ever, I am taking a half-baked theory, pretending I know something about it when really I'm sort of scratching around on my hands and knees in the dark looking for any kind of clue to knowledge. That's what we're all about. We're all about the half-cocked and the the, the half-baked. That's what I love about this show. Mm. We go in... We uh, take no prisoners and we bring no facts. That's the way. <laughs> yeah. Just leave your facts at the door, baby. <laughs> there ain't no room for them inside this house. That's leave made your of research glass. at the door. This isn't QR, QI yeah. prick. Say QR. Oh, what I will say QI. is what I said to you earlier, Pete. Have you ever seen a greenhouse in Japan? Uh, yes, I have. Oh, you have? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so they, they made some delicious tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm currently. What I'm doing at the moment is maybe I'll maybe I'll have a crack at playing it on the Thursday show. Um, I got for my birthday, um, given to me by uh, a good a good lady friend, uh, a um, uh, a theremin. And oh yeah, this theremin this theremin arrived from Chicago, I believe. Um, uh, a man who um, refused to say that the um, theremin had been posted because first he said my <laughs> first he said. Uh, the reason why it's late is because of COVID and you should have more respect for the um, people who are dying of the disease. Um, and right. then when when a, a, a cursory um, a check a few days later, whether it was going to arrive in time for my birthday, uh, he came up with, um, he, he sort of repeated that, um, that uh, it's all about COVID and you should respect the people who have died. Uh, and then he brought up the, um, in the same email that his parents or one of his parents had died of COVID. Um, I'm not saying he's talking nonsense, but I would bring up the parent bit if I was going to try and get one over on someone before the you know the postal workers and, and the random people that, 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 that he doesn't know. So yeah. I'm not saying this theremin creator is a liar. I'm just saying there's a very good chance that he is a liar. Well, the joke's on him because I believe theremin manufacturers are key workers, so he should still be, <laughs> should still be going should be to delivering. work. <laughs> yeah. Should be delivering. So have you received it? a bit of work. I've received it. It's uh, it's like a he's used a lot of hot snot, which is like a, a kind of a, a glue that um, I think is uh, non-electrically and conductive. So he can basically just get away with um, doing some fast and loose soldering. Uh, he's used a lot of hot snot, so uh, I'm, I'm 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 hoping it's going to work. It seems to be in full working order, but maybe we'll hear it on Thursday. 
Yeah, I like um, I like a theremin because you can't properly mm. tell whether someone is making the noise with their mouth or not, or whether it's actually really happening. <laughs> and I, I, I actually um, maybe I'll find something for Thursday, which is a, a guy I found online who can do the best impression of a car horn I've ever seen with his mouth. Oh, he's brilliant. He yeah, sounds. I'll try and find like, him. He just sounds so good. And um, by the way, Pete, speaking of um, speaking of online videos and stuff. Mm. I'm just right making a note of this car horn guy. Um, speaking oh, of um, speaking of online video, so when when big things happen, and I don't propose we get into the the, the all the stuff that's going around the world at the moment because this is a, this is a little vacation from that. But one one universal truth is that like when anything big happens, whatever the stripe, mm. you start to see videos that that kind of surface online, normally on Twitter, sometimes on Instagram, and all the rest of it, of interesting things that happen within those parameters, shall we say, right? And mm. there is. There have been three or four different occasions during what's been going on over the last week or so where I've seen a video and gone, boy, I mean, that's brilliant, man. And I've shared it and I've really enjoyed it. And what happens invariably a week or so on is that it then turns out that that video or a selection of those videos weren't actually what they purported to be. And the whole thing is a bit of a letdown. Now, I think mm. long term, that's really detrimental to my uh, to my to my state of mind. Because because well, I, I want I mean, to believe in things here. are funny. And uh, say again, <laughs> yeah, that's the real crime here. No, no, it's it not. But funny it's funny bone. <laughs> but isn't but isn't there? But is there a semi serious kernel in there, Pete? And what I mean by that yeah. is, does it serve to undermine the very fabric of trust in the world around us? Because we're experiencing mm. so many things online, which later turn out to not be true. It feels a bit like the world is changing in quite a big way when it comes to confidence in what you're seeing with your own eyes or what you think you're seeing. Yes, yes, um, but I guess hasn't that always been the case? Any um, anybody's always always seeks seek, seeks to uh, kind of influence one's uh, opinion and, and the, the opinion of the, the sleepy populace um, with um, seditious literature, literature and literature that's made, made you um, feel a certain way. I, you know, you're talking about a particular video of of a guy getting arrested, um, and the, the the tagline was, "Oh, this guy's getting arrested," um, but what the police don't know, he's actually an FBI agent, and the police. Uh, this guy is going. You're, you're, you, you two police guys are knuckleheads. You're all idiots. You're stupid idiots. Um, and for whatever reason, they don't end up arresting him. They put him in cuffs. They look at his. They look in his wallet. Find out that he's either not the person they're looking for, or that he's somehow important to their life. Uh, and they they unarrest him. They 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 undo his uh, handcuffs. And that was sold as being he's an FBI. He's an FBI agent. I can't believe the police were so stupid to arrest an FBI agent because this guy is going crazy uh, with, with, with full with full rights, obviously. Um, and uh, about ten seconds later, like you send me that, and I'm like, that is delicious. What a delicious, you know, these these, these policemen who are not covering themselves in any kind of fucking glory from the west to the east coast over the past few weeks, um, over the past few days as well. Um, they are in a situation where uh, they, 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 they fucked up, they're, they're, they're idiots, and, and, and it's delicious. And then you find out that that, that wasn't actually the case. It's like um, there was a guy who was riding on Chicago on a horse. Yes, I'm talking about the um, horse. That, the one I'm talking about oh, is you're the actually horse. Talking about Get the to horse, the good right. stuff. Oh, okay. All right, okay, the horse. There's a guy who's, who's, who's whipping it around Chicago on a horse, and the title is... Bareback, by the way. Bareback, yeah. But look, he's a friend of horses. And and because he's in... And because, uh, obviously, the, 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 the inner, inbuilt, um, you know, the, you know, own, uh, you know, white guy racism we've got, we don't see a lot of black people on horses. It's just one of those things. We, we just don't see it um, because it's just not a thing that um, appears in our media. And uh, so the, the title that someone's given it is, this guy... Well, this N guy, this N 
uh, stole a police horse. And it's like, oh, that's brilliant. He stole a police horse. And then about three seconds later, you find out that this guy is famous in the Chicago area for being the Chicago horse guy. And he just rides around town, um, you know, showing off his horses and, 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 and helping. Yeah, and the disappointing thing, Pete, is that mm. I feel like I, I, I kind of considered myself someone who, that if there was a Chicago horse guy who was famous, that I you would know, know about, about it. it. And I think I've let yeah. myself down. <laughs> yeah, because... I, I think he was... I. I'm sure there was a advert with him on. Like no, there was for there was for Com- there was for Guinness, but it was based in Compton. Oh, was that Compton? Right, okay. In oh, well, Los Angeles. Again. So it might be it might have, might even be the same thing. Yeah. Mm. But but either way, he's like a guy who's who's, who's known to the, to the Chicago Hotels. But we we should know, guys. I'm just saying, listeners to the Luke and Pete show. We if there is a Chicago horseman, we need to hear more about. Him. Yeah, <laughs> we need to absolutely. How have the listeners he, not uh, told us about that? I know, furious, absolutely furious. But it, but it is in this. We are in a situation where we're in, where um, the, the, I retweeted a video of um, some some guys downtown in. I think it might even have been Chicago, uh, maybe may, may not have been, may have been Atlanta actually. Um, they look quite similar in the, near the, like the, the court buildings, and uh, there was just like this stack of bricks that builders had allegedly just left behind. You know a town centre, sometimes there's works going on, but these bricks weren't near any kind of works, like the, the cobblestones that were just left around Ooh. weren't near any kind of works. And, put and put your tinfoil hat on, mate. I'm just saying, <laughs> who's putting them bricks there? So I retweeted that guy. That's interesting. That's interesting. But then I didn't realise that the person who tweeted that originally was a Republican senator and she was all fucking, this is a George Soros, um, you know, oh, rabble rouser right. kind of thing. And, I was like, and all the replies were like, yep, George Soros, uh, the left-wing conspiracy to, 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 to start a communist revolution and stuff. And I accidentally retweeted it. And I was like, oh my God, that needs to come down immediately. Things are happening fast. Things are visceral. Things are interesting. Things are scary. It's all... Uh, it, 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 you, you've got to have your bullshit monitor fucking turned up to a million, haven't you? You've got to have your bullshit theremin turned up to a billion. What what Pete's trying to say to everyone, to those listening, is they turn the frickin' frog gay. That's what he's <laughs> saying. The yeah, you do have to turn... Get, listen, get your bullshit theremins out and make sure you use them yeah. carefully because it's very, very important to do so. Pete, from that kind of um, news to a slightly... Well, news of a different flavour, if I may, one of my favourite stories... Of about life under lockdown manifested itself, I think, late last week. And it was in France. So did you see this about the two French brothers? Uh, I didn't know. The two okay, so, so this French family um, uh, had two boys. I think they might be twins. I think they're around 10 years old. They might be twins or they're just very close in age. Anyway, they're, they're, just, they're just brothers and, and pals and all that good stuff. And when lockdown was going to happen, um, this French family... They drove from Paris uh, to a small little uh, village or a little kind of holiday home type thing. I think it might have been their grandmother's home, uh, and and they decided they were going to lock down there. And in the um, in the um, settling in of going to this new place, the two kids asked their dad if they could build a den kind of thing in the garden. And so mm. dad said, "Yeah, no problem. Of course you can." Um, and they said, well, "What should we use, dad?" And he said, "We'll go into the." Um, into the, the the room up, up going to one of the bedrooms or whatever find some of your grand's sheets from the bed and um use the sheets and you can spread those out and make a big kind of den in the garden using them so they did that they brought the sheets down and the sheets were really heavy right and um mm. cut a long story short when they unfurled the sheets two things dropped out of the sheets 
and they turned out to be gold bars worth £35,000 each. Holy moly, where did they come from? They found 70 grand's worth of gold that was purchased by the grandmother in 1967. Proof of purchase still intact. No one even knew they had them. Lovely. It's not even... I, I was worrying that it was going to be like nat- nat- Natty Gold or something like that. I thought it was going to be something problematic. But no, there's something beautiful. The the, the grandma of the piece bought some old gold. Yeah. And, Pete, and, and new gold back in the day. And one, one of the things that sort of typifies your life is that everything you kind of enjoy or look at or cover, that you have mm. to double check that you're not doing something offensive at some point. Is that fair? Yeah, that's that fair. And I think that's the right way to be. Right <laughs> Although it is crippling. Do, do you not, it's the right way to be. Do you be. not think it is crippling? Let, I mean, nah. you, you watch, in New, New York City, you're watching a New York City police, uh, a, a member of the police, uh, do, throwing up a, uh, a, a white power sign. Is he thinking in his head, is this offensive? I don't think so. And he's getting no. filmed doing that. So, no, but there is a scale. Who knows there? who's watching me? There is a yeah. There's... I'm not saying I'm I'm never going to get to that point. I'm not I'm not saying that I would. Do, I'm just saying that I'm seeing a lot of images of a lot of white men doing some pretty fucking awful things, pretty much constantly, and they don't seem to be being filmed or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, because I'm not being funny, but Marks and Jim aren't here to defend themselves, mate. So you're out of order. <laughs> All I'm saying is, Pete, oh, there's, a, there's, there's a scale, isn't there? So if there is, a, yeah. There's a, and yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of. A, I think a it's very revealing, between... Pete Donson, that if you, <laughs> that what you're intimating is that if you went to one of your grandparents' houses or whatever, one of their old houses, and you were cleaning it out or whatever, I would accuse them of being Nazi. And you saw two bits of gold that were worth seventy yeah. grand. Your first thing would be like, well, that's probably Nazi gold. I can't use that. Not touching it. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> Get got, my look, fingerprints off it. Be aware. Be yeah. aware. Life Be hyper aware. Politics is important. Be hyper aware. Luke, did you see that um, Robin's? Uh, I'm going to use the term that I, I don't know who actually coined this, but "sad banger," dancing on my own. Robin's 2010 track. Oh, I love Robin. Uh, is now ten ten years young. Ten yeah. years old that track. I, I am. I'm, I'm. I like that tune. It wouldn't be my favourite of hers. I I, I I went through a phase of listening to quite a lot of Robin. Tell your boyfriend that one. No, my fa- my favourite is probably. My favorite record is probably Body Talk Part Two, which I don't think that's, that that song you're talking about that, there. Yeah, you're, the one you're Body talking Talk's about part, is on yeah. is on Body Talk Part One. Body Talk Part Two's got um, "In My Eyes," "Include Me Out." Um, it's got a, it's got a tune with Snoop Dogg on it as well. I think Robin's absolutely yeah. wicked, and she and the journey she's had as a songwriter is brilliant because she started off as this quite schmaltzy, straight kind of love song writing pop artist. And she just right. got like slowly more and more fucking badass as she went along, and now she's really interesting. Mm. Do you remember she did that song "Show Me Love" right at the start of her career? Which basically, the, to put it in perspective, that that song "Show Me Love," which came out years and years ago, might even be like late nineties when she was very young. Mm. Um, that was played on the supermarket radio that I worked at. It was so kind of safe <laughs> Commercial, and, uh, right. and dull and uh, it's fine yeah. it's a perfectly fine song I, I don't mind it but like the stuff she does now or i mean i haven't said that body talk those body talk records are like 10 years old now but the stuff she's done more recently is is wicked man she did that song konnichiwa bitches as well which is one of the best mm. pop songs ever in my opinion what happened to um alphabet that's my question mm. <laughs> that is a very um, pertinent question chiefly because um that song fascination Mm. is 
one of the best one-hit wonders ever. I was absolutely convinced yeah. they were going to follow up. Okay. Scandinavian pop of that quality. There's no way they've not got more in their locker. Turns out they didn't. <laughs> the cupboard was bare. The cupboard, yeah. and they had such so many. When I see like one-hit wonders who have so many um, extraneous members, I always worry. Like Brand Van yeah. 3000, the um, French-Canadian um, uh, rockers. I like that song as well, by the way. Well, um, Drinking in L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, you ever, did you ever listen to the debut album Glee? Um, no, never I, heard I, of it. I, I, it uh, does not stand up to, um, it, you know, 10, 15 years later. No. I thought I used to love this album when I was a kid. I used did to you? love it. It was my favourite bloody album. And, and, and I think I was the only person who bloody bought it. And then I listened to it back. I was like, wow, this is obscenely bad. Uh, one of the worst covers of Come On, Feel A Noise you've ever heard in your life. But um, Robin, um, apparently dancing on my own, it's not about love. It's not about mm. this, not about that. Um, it's basically, apparently, she reckons, I don't buy this for a second personally, but it is her love letter to the weather in Stockholm. Come on mm. now. Really? But I think really? if I was a, if I was an artist, I would make up loads of different stories about what different songs are around. Like Bob Dylan's done yeah. that his whole career, basically. Um, yeah. But but Al, speaking of Alpha B, I just looked them up because um, it's the first time I've thought about them probably since the last time you mentioned them to me. Um, they they broke up in 2013, but they reformed late last year. So maybe there will be more to come from them. But you're absolutely right. They, they they've got six members. I mean, that's a lot of members for a pop band. Yeah. Um, yeah. I worry about them. Yeah. I Still think I'm rightly so, mate. But speaking of songs that um, don't quite mean what you think they mean, we will do some um, inappropriate song stuff uh, as part of our email section after the break because that came up last week and we want to uh, to proceed with it this. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hi everyone, Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey! Hey! What are you doing? 
Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas. And I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening to St. Patrick's Day episode. And I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is <laughs> a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yep. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead. That is an ad break, and if it isn't, <laughs> why is it not? Why does everyone say that it is? Yeah. Uh, back with Luke Pitt Show, me, Pete Donaldson, and Luke Moore. If you want to get in touch with the show, how can they get in touch with the show? And by they, I mean the people with hands and fingers and eyes and mm, email addresses. Hello at com. But I, what I would say is, if you don't have all the compliment, full compliment of uh, bodily functions, you're still welcome to email mm. in. There's no get judgment involved. here. Ask someone to write a letter. We should get a postal uh, kind of PO box so people can send us stuff. But you're the, you're the kind of person who gets... Review it. You're the kind of person who gets um, kind of anxious about receiving mail, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I've worked in radio longer than you have, and I've eaten my fair share of poisoned donuts. <laughs> <laughs> when you're Very as universally good. hated as I am, so you know, it's, it's you've got to be careful. That's all I'm saying. I um, I received a package in the mail today, and it was a book sent to me by my wife's uncle um about something i'm interested in so that was a very nice surprise and it came beautifully wrapped in a little bit of wrapping paper and a ribbon it was a very very nice surprise actually oh beautiful I mean, you know what you're thinking though pete if you get a package what's... and and it's yeah. that heavy you think oh that better not be a bill because i'm big trouble if it is uh, and it turns out to be <laughs> 600 pages of of some interesting interesting Facts. instead do you do you ever you've been incredibly coquettish about this the subject of this uh, book? I'm a little bit worried. Do I need to call somebody? Is this Nazi gold? Is it about Nazi gold? Um, <laughs> um what was I going to say? Um, yeah, I I think that do you ever get? Is there ever a um time in your life, like older listeners? Uh, I'm talking like people who are like plus plus fifty, uh, sixty. Uh, if if there are anybody listening, I think we proved that there were people over fifty listening. Um, do you ever get to a point in your life where if you get a letter from like HM, HMRC or some kind of bank, is there ever a part of you that your stomach that rolls over, like that doesn't roll over? Because mine, like, whenever I get an official letter from anyone, I'm a little bit, oh, I don't know what this is. And yeah, packages, but it's interesting. It speaks to how good. But it speaks to the type of personality you are, I think, because it's interesting you say that. I totally get why you say that. Uh, but for me, you know the kind of person I am. I'm quite combative and quite sort of um, forthright. I'm not saying right. that, is, that is a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just, it's just how I am. So when I see a letter and it's got HMRC on it, I just think, right, come on, you fucking wanker. Let's have it. And I, and I get straight in there. I almost get, I almost get like quite angry about it. I'm not nervous about it. <laughs> like, it's like if, if I got if I got a um, if I got a um, a, an email through that I knew I was expecting a certain amount of news and it was like a binary thing. It'd be good news or bad news. I, I just want to get straight to it. I don't, I don't think I'm not, I can never, ever, ever be one of those people who takes that letter and puts it like in the cupboard for a week while I build myself up to open it. I am straight in there. I'm like a greyhound mate. So right, okay. for me, I, I never have that feeling. I kind of have an angry feeling and then obviously I get angrier or happier depending on how it goes. 
<laughs> taking the bull by the horns. Mm. You've just won $50 in the sweepstake. You're like, yes, and then you realise it's all a scam. And yeah. But but sometimes the HMRC thing comes in and it's like genuinely very good news, like a big rebate or something. Uh, I, I, I've never had that. I've never had good news from them. I mean, I've never had bad news from them, to be honest. Please don't order me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to Austin Sweeney on the emails. As we said before, I'm going to get to the show. Hello at, uh, hello at uh, com. Austin Sweeney has got in touch. Hi, guys. Hope you're doing well and staying safe. We are, and I hope you are too, Austin. Uh, as an add-on to the last episode, talking about Jurassic Park and the corresponding uh, CGI chat. Oh, steady. Um, I'm a student learning compositing, which, as Pete said, is taking the CG objects or characters, taking the lighting and the original footage and trying to make it all fit seamlessly. Uh, now, there are hundreds of thousands of artists more skillful and more experienced than myself, but from the people I've talked to and the studios I've had the opportunity to visit, the number one thing is the client, a.k.a. the director, has the final say on a shot. I heard one story where the client wasn't a fan of the original shot the artist put up and was asked to uh, be redone. Uh, they wanted to change, I believe, the colour of a lens flare or something smallish like that. The artist did 93 different versions. Um, the 93rd wasn't liked, so they just renamed the original they sent in, and of course they loved it. That's a classic bit of like design kind of story, isn't it? Yeah, you, you go back to the original design, and you've talked it through with them, and then they realize that the first one that they saw is the one that they love. This is just one, many, one of many stories I've, all, I've been told before, even setting foot in the industry about what to expect. A good example as to why the artists who work on Cats or Justice League or Sonic, who have had people trash their effects, can be really upset by at the end of the day, the artists themselves don't have a say in the final look. I can't wait to get in, this, in the industry. I mean, I don't know why, Austin, on that. Uh, it, sounds really, <laughs> it sounds satisfying and then ultimately not very satisfying. And maybe work on a movie or have a shot that you guys will enjoy. Austin, uh, Squamish, BC Canada. And he's also appended his uh, his Vimeo um, showreel as well. So, uh, Oh, very nice. A bit. Yeah, yeah I, I, I feel like... Um... This has maybe been a bit old-fashioned, but I feel like you are going to have to stand by your work, even if you don't like the criticism you get. I mean, we have to do that, right, Pete? Yeah, but we are a lot less talented than people who can composite. Um, well, uh, speak for millions yourself. Of polygons of <laughs> it's polygons of uh, of data. And but you know, I, I, I do, so, I do, I do think that. I mean, I'm, I, I know nothing about the film industry, so I'm probably talking absolute bullshit here. But in, in all the work I've done in the past, like, and this might sound a bit rich, Pete, to, from where you're sitting. I think I've learned that the best things are collaborative, right? So if if you're doing a, a radio show and you've got oh a podcast and you've got a producer who likes an idea and you don't like the idea, you have to talk it through. And it must be the same thing in in other creative industries. Like this is why I like this shot, uh, and the director should be like taking on board people's inputs before making the final decision. Surely. Yeah, but uh, no, but I, do you not think that uh, directors, in in particular, are these kind of like virtuoso kind of like invariably men who just don't want to be told that they're wrong. <laughs> so Do you remember when um, Christian Bale went mental at McGee about the director of photography on the, that Terminator film? <laughs> McGee, are you going to deal blah, with blah. this prick? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Who was you the and McGee me are done. Situation? Hey? <laughs> who was the McGee in that particular McG McGee is the name of a director. He goes by the name yeah. McGee. McGee? Yeah. I wouldn't work with that director. I, he, I wouldn't trust him to employ the right lighting technicians. His name is Joseph, Joseph Joseph McGinty, but he goes by the name. Yeah, I mean, you could probably tell the kind of guy he is <laughs> by the name that he. And, and to be fair, let's be absolutely clear on this. You can probably imagine the kind of guy he is by the films he makes, which all look like they might be quite bad. So, um, <laughs> but then he is working with Christian Bell. But Christian Bell got out of that, didn't he, by saying that he was actually in character at the time. Which is a lovely get out, by the way. Mm, that is a bit of a get out, isn't it? That's that's, that's uh, yeah. 
But yeah, I'm pretty sure some other people argued that um, that the lighting guy shouldn't have been adjusting the lights in the middle of like a rehearsal for a shot or something. I mean, I don't know. No, but it, no. it was fun. It was it was genuinely very entertaining. <laughs> what about this email, no, Peter? No. From um, on the uh, on the um, subject of inappropriate songs, something we discovered a week or so ago, and people are emailing in now with their own suggestions for uh, inappropriate songs. This is after Turning Japanese by The Vapors. A song about masturbation is always mm-hmm. used um, yeah. uh, to refer to the beautiful and wonderful country of Japan. Williams emailed in saying, um, here's a well-known inappropriate song for you, Foster the People's Pumped Up Kicks. Remember that, Pete? Mm, yes, it was a film, It was a song um, that um, on Absolute Radio we had to uh, not play with alarming frequency because of the uh, contents and, and, and reasonings of, uh, of why the why the song exists. Yeah, so it's about um, it's about um, a kid shooting up a school, basically. Mm, um, yeah. But um, doesn't mean it doesn't mean it stopped O2 using it for its priority moments uh, advertising campaign, though. So <laughs> it's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but pop music can be important, but it doesn't necessarily need to be. It does limit its um, application in, in different. <laughs> But the thing, the thing about that though is, the thing about that is, right? You are working in the marketing in the marketing department, and you're a decision maker, so you're probably quite high up the the food chain. And it's a big company. O2's marketing generally is is pretty prominent, right? Everyone can picture Mm. it. Everyone knows what it is. And you're selecting a song. It's probably been selected by some kind of agency. You and I, Pete, both know the amount of people that kind of insert themselves into processes when it comes to Mm. advertising and marketing. Not one of them has listened to the lyrics of a song and said. Do you know what? We probably shouldn't use it because as soon as it's been <laughs> unveiled, what it's about, no one's going to want to. It's just mad. It's baffling. No, it's absolutely baffling. But but I, I like I like to think that it's um, this situation. Um, I am the director of a company. They go right, of the creative agency, and I go. I like this song. Let's use this song. And yeah. Then people go. Well, we can't use that song because it's about this. And the director goes, did you hear what I said the first time? <laughs> and that's how that particular situation. Well, that's definitely my experience of working with you, Pete. Yeah, exactly. I want what I want and I will get what I get. I want we're my doing Nazi it. gold. Give me my Nazi gold. <laughs> yeah. I want to that's get a follow-up on that gold story. <laughs> yeah, let's figure out what the hell's going on there. Turns out they spent it all on Skittles. <laughs> oh, lovely old job. Um, yeah, uh, we, we managed to pass through three emails. I think that's a, a, possibly a, a record of the modern Luke and Pete Shaw uh, era. Yeah, it probably <laughs> is, actually. Get yeah. in touch with the, with the Luke and Pete Shaw. Uh, hello, Luke and Pete Shaw is the way to do it. Uh, thank you to everyone who got in touch uh, this week via um, emails, Twitter, sometimes just people just shouting it, it to me in, in the street. Um, Gooey Duck, the uh, G-E-O-D-U-C-K, the, uh, the Gooey Duck uh, is the um, animal that I was referring to uh, last week on, on the Luke and Pete show. The thing is, I was referring to um, a show previously that I actually named the, the, the Gooey Duck, the Geoduck, uh, in. So I already name-checked it. Um, right, so but you just name-checked it wrong. emailed in. No, I named. I think I believe I name checked it correctly. I might have not right. pronounced it correctly, but those guys didn't hear that. They just heard the last one. So, thank oh you right. Anyway. Oh, and Pete, so, we should also say thank you very much to everyone. And there has been a lot of people who've got in touch through all those different uh, mediums or media uh, announcing mm. the release of a bottle of Pinot Noir, uh, celebrating <laughs> the Democracy Manifest guy called "Get Your Hands oh, Off yes. My Pinot." 
Uh, <laughs> we acknowledge it. We thank you very much for bringing it to our attention. Yes, it's not really, it's not really anything to say about it. But thank you very much for uh, for, for bringing it to our attention. Um, yeah, I, I like the um, I like the um, other meme, which I think we mentioned last week about what is the charge a succulent drive to Barnard Castle or whatever it was, <laughs> which I enjoyed as well. So it's the gift that yes. keeps on giving. Julian Assange there. <laughs> it really is but that's enough time um, yes. for today isn't it Peter we'll come back on Thursday will we we're back on Thursday where I'll be serenading everyone with a wonderful uh, rendition of uh, Pete and his theremin and I'll try and find um, the car the car horn guy um, to treat people yes. to as well um, but thank Beautiful. you very much indeed for listening thanks for getting in touch if you did if you'd like to get in touch with us in the future about any subject we've talked about today or indeed any other subject you think would be worthy of discussion it's hello at lukeandpeteshow.com and we are at lukeandpeteshow on Twitter thank you very much indeed for your company as ever Mr Pete Donaldson farewell and it's goodbye from me as well This was a Stakhanov production. Hi, everyone. Luke here. I just wanted to take this opportunity while Pete's not around to talk to you about UFOs. You know that I'm interested in UFO sightings, but Peter will not let me talk about them on the podcast. So instead, I'm here to recommend a different show which does discuss extraterrestrial activity and a whole heap of other unexplained paranormal mysteries. I absolutely love it. It's called This Paranormal Life, and it's an award-winning comedy podcast where comedians Rory Powers and Kit Greer inspect different paranormal cases to try and find the truth inside the mystery. Previous episodes investigate things like the Battersea Poltergeist and the Roswell UFO incident. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Sorry. Uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave the studio for like two minutes and you're talking about UFOs again, Luke. I'm actually just recommending to the Luke and Pete Show community to check out This Paranormal Life in case they want some more info about the mysteries, Pete, that you refuse to let me talk about. Mm. Uh, well, look, I, admittedly, I love Rory and I love Kit. They're good fellas. And I think we should leave it to them, the experts. I was actually just listening Thank to you. St. Patrick's Day episode. And I tell you what, it was a bloody good listen. Apparently St. Patrick, right, he used to battle druids in Wizard Jewels, which is <laughs> a little bit of rock and roll, isn't it? Uh, do you reckon I would beat uh, St. Patrick to some kind of Wizard Jewel, Luke? Oh, I reckon you could in those trousers, mate. Yep. Search This Paranormal Life in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. Please do it so Luke stops talking to me about UFOs. What's that up there? It's a light, you dickhead. <laughs>